Welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. Hey, Martha. It is yes, great Frank. having you back. It Good is great to- having you back. <laughs> Look, we, we're two kids that get in trouble every week. That's right. That's right. It, you know, so much is going on. We can talk about something that's very serious about politics. I mean, just everything is happening right now. Politics. You have the guy who attacked Nancy Pelosi's husband. Um, You're talking about Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. Mm -hmm. There are just a lot of things going on in our world right now. There is a lot of things going on, you know. But before we get into that, let me say to you, thank you for the word diaspora. Mm-hmm. Because I have seen that word more and more and more since we did our podcast. Mm-hmm. And it looks like people are aware or becoming aware of the diaspora. And I've seen the effects of it in South America as well as here. Mm-hmm. I've seen it even in Egypt, mm-hmm. where people who were Sudanese or from Nubia. Those people are railing themselves to have a fight to be able to go back to their homeland and not be considered outcasts in Egypt. Right, and and I appreciate that. Uh, Yeah. So I think, you know, it's on people's minds. It just wasn't on ours alone. mm -hmm. I think we were one of the few that brought it to the mainstream. Right. But I've been hearing... That word come across more and more, and I think it's great. I just think it's great. But I appreciate it because the diaspora is real. And we have to take it seriously because as you begin to study more about the diaspora, you begin to see that there is a pattern. You're always talking about a pattern and pay attention. Yep, yep. And there has been a pattern to erase people of color mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's based on the diaspora it and, is. and if you study argentina like i did you know just last night and, and before mm-hmm. i've heard about it but mm-hmm. to listen to a three-part series yesterday and to understand what took place in argentina to get rid of the african descendants Mm-hmm. which calls themselves the Afro-Argentinians. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, it's just amazing. And, and as I look at that and I think about what's happening in America, I think how mm-hmm. we've, there's always been a plot to erase black men. Mm-hmm. And if you can weaken black men, if you can degrade black men, and even in the mm-hmm. book, Two Nations, mm-hmm. in that book, Andrew Hacker stated that that would be a plan to play down the value of black men. And it has taken place. It has taken place. It's it's a plan. It has been set for a long time. And it's happening. It's just that black men have Mm -hmm. to pay attention to it. Black men have to pay attention to it. Black women have to pay attention to it. We have to be able to analyze what's happening. You can love whomever you want to love, but some things are forced. We have to be able to see the pattern. Right. You know, the pattern is very often in front of us. Right. Any 
any conquest that you read about in history, right. the first element is to remove the male population. Right. Whether it's, you know, people of color or not. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the way of war. That's mm-hmm. the way you fight a war. Right. You reduce the males because the males are necessary as warriors. Mm-hmm. So you reduce it. It became really apparent for us because they knew that we came from cultures that had a warrior society mm-hmm. and that we would fight to protect the family. So there was a twofold goal. Number one, to, to reduce the male or diminish his, his ability to stand up as a man. And the second part was to divide and conquer. Right. To make us fight one another, whether it's male, female, Light color skin versus browner skin, mm-hmm. different color hair texture, different kind of eye color. They used everything in the book to divide and conquer. Right. But those are the those are what you do in war. That's military strategy. Mm-hmm. And we have to take a page that says how you fight against those kinds of indoctrinations mm-hmm. and those examples. We haven't done enough to really recognize the pattern, number one, and number two, to find ways to offset or to diminish the effects of it. We, we literally post-traumatic stress from slavery, and we have dysfunction as a result of it. Mm-hmm. We need healing. We've mm-hmm. never been healed. You're right, because... You know, at this point, I feel that I'm dealing with some form of PTSD because I am really concerned about us as a nation, as a diaspora. Mm-hmm. And right. I'm, I'm bothered that we are so involved in other things and we're looking at our individual successes to where we're just failing to look at what's happening, following those patterns, studying your history. I see so many people who are saying, well, I don't look at television. I don't look at the news. You have to make yourself available. You have to know what's happening in order to be able to know what people are doing and trying to do to you. You know, I mean, just look at the election. We are, the courts are allowing people to set up station at a drop box to mm-hmm. put pressure on people who are trying to vote. But there's a color element to it. There's a racial element to it because if you and I sat in front of that box, they would have come up with a way to say that's illegal. But now you're saying, okay, for this group of people, they have a constitutional right to do that. We've been down this road before. We've been down this road. And here we are again. And we have people who are ignorant enough to even support that group of people. And you're talking about African-Americans. Some are ignorant enough to follow that group of people and say, I'm going to vote on behalf of this group. Well, you know, history repeats itself. It does. And if you don't take the time to understand what is wrong, you cannot fix it. Right. It's like if you have an injury 
if you don't have somebody qualified assess the type of injury it is, right. they can't prescribe to you how to fix it. Mm-hmm. We don't prescribe or, or even go to someone to say, what is our injury? Mm-hmm. We just keep saying, well, it hurts, and I'm just going to wrap it up. Well, we keep- I'm just finding it difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm just finding it difficult to overlook it. I'm just finding it difficult I to overlook. I can't overlook it. Right. I can't overlook it mm-hmm. because I see the pattern. And maybe if I were blind and I couldn't see the pattern, but you can hear the pattern, you can see it, mm-hmm. you can feel it, and it happens to you if you pay attention to it. Right. You can have a choice to to look at the pattern and say, I'm going to do something about this. Or you can sit back and say, well, throw up your hands and say, I'm not going to do anything. I don't think not doing anything is an option because when you say, I'm not going to do anything, then you're already defeated. Right. So you have to understand why you need to do certain things. I, I know it, it troubles me that we don't go to the polls when there's a right. We only go when there's a big election. Right. Presidential. Right. But we need to be at those polls and we need to be on those school boards and we need to run for those offices mm-hmm. because that's what Republicans are doing. Mm-hmm. They are cramming themselves into every crevice that they can so they can control the narrative locally. It, it, you know, and, and statewide, through the judicial, mm-hmm. through the ju- mm-hmm. judicial stages, and everything else, they are locking in on everything. They're, they're locking well, in. Well, they on already it. had it, but they, yeah. they, but they dumbing, they really dumbing down on it. They really, yeah. really, yeah, getting to the point that they're becoming fanatical about it. They, they are. And and you and you know what's interesting? They are starting to teach the young people, young Republicans, mm-hmm. and young people who are into that thinking of supremacy, mm-hmm. they're teaching them how to go about teaching other people how to take control. Right. We're not doing that. No. We, I don't, you know, we're so busy looking at what somebody else is doing. We're not paying attention to what needs to be done mm-hmm. to ensure the viability of black people. And that's what's troubling you. Right. That's what troubles me. That's what mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning and I, that's on my mind mm-hmm. because I think I want there to be a future for young black people. Right. I see beautiful young children that I worry about their future. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand if you're a parent, why you don't worry about your child's future. We should never face situations where we say our kids are lacking in learning. Right. We should be up on it enough and on them enough to make learning fun so that they don't neglect reading and writing and math. Mm -hmm. Because those things are necessary to survive in the world. Yeah. If, If Asian people can do it, if Africans can do it, if Indian kids can do it from India, 
we have just as good a brain. Why can't we do it? Right. We don't do it because we've gotten, I'm sorry to say it, lazy. Right. And then we get insulted when someone looks at us and say, well, black people are lazy. Yeah. Well, you're lazy if you say, well, the kids, I'm not going to pay attention to whether my child did their homework or not because the teacher will catch it. The teacher is one person with 20 people in their class. Mm -hmm. She's not going to catch everything. You have a responsibility. You know, I, I tell a story about my mom. She had a third grade education. But every night when we did our homework, she looked at it. And finally, as an adult, I said to her, Mom, did you understand what you were looking at when we gave you our homework? Hmm. She said, no. Hmm. She didn't know anything about algebra or geometry. Right. But she looked at it as if she did. Right. And then she would say to us, when you get to school, go over with the teacher. Mm -hmm. And we would, and the teacher would correct, or the teacher would say, yes, you're on point. That was a woman who took interest in that her children were going to learn. That's right. And she, I remember as a little girl, before I could even go to school, she would read to us every Sunday after we came from church and we had our breakfast. She would sit down and she'd read the Bible and then she'd read the funny papers. Mm -hmm. And then eventually got to the point that she would show me and tell me to read it. So by the time I got to the first grade, I could read. Mm -hmm. We need to do a better job. You're right. We you need know, to not look at the external and start thinking about the internal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we actually had a culture. We, liter did? we literally had a we culture coming out of slavery. Mm -hmm. And you had to have the culture because the culture was about survival. Right. And what you did to survive from how you cooked your meal, what you had mm -hmm. to eat. That's why, you know, it bothers me when we own up to the soul food. And I'm saying, no, that that was our ancestors trying to survive off a of scrap that was left behind. It right. doesn't make sense to me to own up to to own up to something and say, well, you know, we really didn't want the steak. <laughs> we just didn't want the steak. I preferred to have the intestines. No African was that stupid. No, nobody wanted. That's right. The scrap. So there's Dogs no African that will sit up and say, "Well, I prefer to have the pig's hoof. That is so much better than than the steak. It mm -hmm. doesn't make sense." But you're right. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. If you understand African culture and you know that they were farming people, right. that they were cattle raising people, right. that they owned, you know, they owned animals. They owned cattle. And animals That's right. And cattle and, and, and they owned and they ate. They ate. Well, that was so part of that was part African of marriage. Cuisine. I mean, that was part yes. of your wealth. That's right. It was part of if your you wealth. Your wealth married, was based on your cattle. That's right. That's right. How many cattle could you pro could you provide that was this young lady was worth? That's right. 
you know, or how many bolts of fabric could you bring because you were, maybe you weren't a farmer, but you certainly had a skill at dyeing fabric. That's right. And creating, creating fabric. You would bring bolts of fabric. You bring ears of corn. You know, there was wealth, but we are lacking in knowledge. And I am always amazed you walk around with a mini computer called an iPhone and you never Google African, any of the African cultures. You're never afraid. even Google Nigeria, never Google Ghana, never learn about the people, never learn about what they were, the, the ancient um, kingdoms that ran these countries. It's a wealth of history we have. Because if you study that and people see that that is what you're studying all the time, they began to say you're Afrocentric. They give you labels. And we have picked up on those things, and we respond the same way. You meet someone who talks about your African culture, your African heritage, what you have read. They began to say you're a radical. Mm-hmm. You're Afrocentric. Mm-hmm. They are afraid to be around you because they feel that you don't value diversity. All of those things come to play, and we have bought into it. We have bought into it in a way to where we evaluate ourselves that way. Instead of saying, why shouldn't you know about your history? You should be the expert of your history in order to exist in a diverse world so that Mm -hmm. you can share with someone else what they may not know. Instead of you walking around someone telling you who you are and you say, I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm glad you told me who I am. Right. Well, Frank, you know, I take two points to make on that. Africans never, they don't tell Africans about being Afrocentric. Right. They don't tell us. That's right. And they also don't talk about when they push their culture on the rest of the world as saying they, they that they're Eurocentric. Mm-hmm. But they are Eurocentric. They are. Okay? But they don't see Eurocentric as being a bad word. Right. We should not take being called Afrocentric as a bad word either. Right. That's our own fault if we take it and internalize the negative part of it. I say, yes, I'm proudly Afrocentric. Mm-hmm. Because Africa is the motherland for me. Mm-hmm. England is not the motherland. Right. France is not the motherland. When I look at my DNA, the bulk of it is coming from African countries and nations. Right. So I should be Afrocentric. That does not mean that you cannot live in a diverse world. No, it doesn't. Africans have been living in diverse worlds and teaching Europeans since time immortal. Some of the African nations had the highest developed schools and highest developed libraries that even the Greeks looked to them as being knowledgeable. The Library of Alexandria was mm-hmm. world famous. The right. Greeks went there all the time until they burned it down. The Romans came and burned it down. Mm-hmm. But there was a reason why they burned that down, too. Right. Think about it. If you burn everybody's books, which is what... Americans, white Americans are trying to do today. Mm-hmm. 
I'm trying to burn down the books. That's right. So you don't have knowledge. And trying to shame you into sharing right. knowledge. They want to shame right. you. Right. But that they if don't you, shame that, themselves. That if you teach your children about their own ethnicity, their own culture, mm-hmm. their own race, mm-hmm. then you're they're shaming you. Right. By saying you shouldn't do that because you're making someone else feel uncomfortable. You're not making that person feel uncomfortable. You're educating that person. Right. They may right. not understand the education now, but they will understand the education later. But you're educating that person because everything you do is about friend and family. This election mm-hmm. is about friends and family. Who yes, you associate with and can you trust the people when they go to the polls? But if, right. but if these evil people win, mm-hmm. if these people who are pushing for an autocracy, mm-hmm. a secession from the union, if Look, you if those have... people win, that means over fifty percent of the country feels that way. The that's auto, that, that's automatic. That's true. The fact that thirty three percent of Americans believe Donald Trump. It's troubling mm-hmm. because Donald Trump has, it's all about money. Right. And money controls everything. But you see, our need for money is never going to be enough for us to have ultimate control of everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, if we don't work toward controlling at least our own futures, and that's through knowledge, then we're going to be lost. And there won't be a world for our children. So on that note, mm -hmm. go ahead, Martha. I was going to say, I look at that, and I look back at history, and I see that coming out of slavery, our ancestors had more awareness than we have today. That's right. Because they knew what they didn't have and what they wanted to achieve. We walk in, we're walking around looking at what we have achieved and not having, not having a buy-in on what right. it took to get there. We've forgotten right. what it took to get there. So right. we're walking around saying we're more educated, we're doing these things. But education doesn't necessarily mean anything if you're not achieving mm-hmm. anything. You have people That's who true. spent their whole life in slavery. Mm-hmm. And they walked out 10 years later with land. Mm-hmm. And here we are. We don't have land. And if we do have it, we're selling you it. Can't, you can't pay your rent. Yeah. Because you don't have the focus on what the important things are. Yeah. You know, growing up, you always knew and you watched your parents. And they knew that they had to keep a roof over your head had to make sure the children were educated and that they had some root or some basis in faith. Those are the things that they pushed yeah. because they wanted you to have a better world than they had. My mother said, I don't want you to do what I'm doing. That's right. I want you to do better. I want you to do better. And, and the model okay. that I created for my family was each generation must do better. And I, I have to right. figure out how do we measure that now? Because... Are we as close as we used to be? Are cousins as close as they as they used to be? 
or relatives, no. you know, or nephews and nieces. Are we as close? Are you close to your uncles like you used to be? Do you take care no. of your parents like you used to? We have to answer all no. of those questions. We don't, we don't do it because we've gone through a phase of saying it's about me. It's about me. It's a, a me generation. I'm not going to be like my parent and grandparent. I'm going to make all the money I can make. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Kanye West lost $2 billion in a day. Yeah. And my mother used to have an expression, don't let your mouth get your butt in trouble. That's right. So, Martha. Old school. We got to close it. Okay. We got we got in this one. We <laughs> we got into <laughs> this one. But we have to close it, Martha. We got to close we it. We have to close it. Because I think right. I think we're hot enough on this topic, but we have to close it. We better close it. Okay. So, Martha, again, it was great having you. Same here. I look forward to, to our next episode. Mhm. To our listeners, you know that I love you. You know that we love you. We love you. And until next time, be be good. good.